My name is Josh Alvarez. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 104 of Cinepunks. <laughs> Josh just uh, made <laughs> the salacious eyebrows at me. <laughs> not, quite salacious. The, not quite was, the creepy Filipino exce- uncle Yeah, eyebrows. it's close enough. I've been working on my creepy Filipino uncle. Do the creepy song. Filipino uncle. I know this is an audio media, but... It's pretty good. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. creepy, right? Not yeah, quite yeah. as good as that dude. That no, dude's a mess. Because there's a downward. There's a sure. You know, but see, sure, I can yeah. look over my glasses. Which uh, listening public, I know that this is an audio show, but just know it's me looking over my glasses. It looks pretty dope. It does look pretty dope. I know. I, I look very intellectual. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> We've also got the classy sweater on. I know. The, I, was, the, I get cold the, now, Liam. Is I that get a, cold. Is that a gingham underneath? Is that what it you is? Call it? Yeah, it is a gingham. Gingham. Uh, Gingham. Yeah. I yeah, always yeah. think of you as very British. Oh, well, it is a Ben Sherman. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> I think you gave it to me. Did you give me this shirt? No. No? No. Okay. If well, I owned a shirt that nice, I would not give it to you. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I would have kept it for myself. <laughs> Even though knowing it didn't fit my fat, giant body, I'd be like, no, this is not a give up. I got to hold on to this one. <laughs> got to believe, baby. Got to believe. I believe in you. Someday. Someday. We are joined tonight. By our old friend, mm. Dana Bellatier. Did I say it right? <laughs> yeah, you did pretty good. All right. Bellatier. 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 The I, I always, no, I make it silly at the end just to make fun of her, but that's not how you say it. Right. Because you're not, you, if I if I went around being like, this is Dana Bellatier, <laughs> that, that's like offensive, right? That's like a, just a, a hair away from offensive. I mean, just don't. Just don't do it. <laughs> just refrain from doing it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Now, Dana is doing the classic uh, podcast thing that we haven't really had in that Dana's our guest, but she actually is here to just hang out. Just to chill out. We haven't hung out since 1990, anywhere between 1995 and 1999. Seriously, that's true. It could have been 2000. It could have been 2000, Because we graduated in 2002. 2002. It was right around the time that Jade Tree and Rev were putting out all the white box CDs, like the... Um, first Joan of Arc record, the Texas is the Reason record. And like Dana was not an emo person, no. but we Good would regularly you. drag her to emo shows. <laughs> wow, our, fr- what was our it mutual like friend Lee friends, Green, Dana. Because let me tell you, <laughs> all the friends I got now, you guys were not looking out in the late nineties. Let me just say, because your boy listened to a lot of Jimmy Eat World, a lot <laughs> of Get Up Kids, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, up. I did, I did as well. I know it was yeah. too bad. It's too bad. I still like the promise ring. Yeah, you also are sitting here, listeners, with a mustache, the likes of which Magnum PI would be jealous of, right? sir. No. It is. I look sexy. It looks it's really good. Fucking cool, man. It's so cool. It's. I will say. So, it's, it's. It's not a pornographer's mustache. No, no, it is not. And it's not quite it's a not a pornog <laughs> mustache. <laughs> it's not quite a state trooper mustache. It's somewhere. But in it's between. somewhere between those two. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like every so often when I forget you're a Jesusy kind of person, you do this. I'm like, oh right. Right. There this you is go. a Jesus mustache? I don't know. I could see it in the church just saying. You think this is a pastor's mustache? I could see it. I could see it, man. It goes see, whenever, well with some I Birkenstock think... Air no, Jesus footwear. No, 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 I'm no, just no, letting no. you know. If I'm it was one know. of those, if it was a youth group mustache, I'd still have the soul patch. Ooh, the no, soul patch is no, missing from the look. Yeah, no, this is true. No, as far as I can tell, no committed... Uh, evangelical is physically capable of shaving their soul patch. Like even if they shave their whole head, right. the soul, soul patch, patch must, remains. must remain. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. You look like you're doing Jeff Tebow cosplay right now. I will. Is what uh, it is. You big, look like. Yeah. Word up to friend of the show <laughs> and former guest on Har Business, Jeff Tebow. I, I, I literally, when I looked at it, I thought, 
I do kind of look like Jeff <laughs> Which, by the way, I refuse to accept that's how you pronounce your last name. I also refuse to accept that you think that you might look like you look like a likeness of Jeff Tebow. No one looks like Jeff Tebow. Oh, I'm that not dude. as handsome as he that is. That dude is a gorgeous motherfucker. Cool, thanks. I appreciate saying. that. Just saying, you. No, that's really great. Not so much. Yeah. No, yeah. I feel no, good it's, in my heart. <laughs> I feel really good in my heart space right now. <laughs> look, man. I'm just saying. You're comparing yourself to, you know, Mount Rushmore, baby. You know what I'm saying? No, this is, you. It's a Tom Selleck mustache. It is very Tom Selleck. It's yeah. Selleckian. I would say uh, somewhere between Tom Selleck and uh, Burt Reynolds. Okay. All both right. good. Yeah. Both yeah. Solid. Yeah. No, both no, winner, apo- winner. No apologies. Yeah. No yeah, apologies. Yeah. It's like, man, I look dope or dope. I mean, <laughs> the the reality is the the must. I I realize that the mustache is where my facial hair is succeeding, instead of <laughs> instead of focusing on all the places where it's failing. <laughs> so I just thought, let's highlight with the success story here instead of control the about, narrative. You know what yeah, I mean? You got to yeah. do the thing that works. I do a full. Fa- I mean, don't worry, wrong, y'all. I can grow. I got a face. It's not right. like it's not total patch, but at a certain length, I, I don't know if everyone else can see it. But when I look at it, I'm like, ooh. We're moving in a very pubic hair realm right now. <laughs> We're moving towards the pubes. <laughs> and it's on my list of, I don't know how you, if you have this experience, either one of you, but all of my Instagram ads uh-huh. are based off of my insecurities. Like every ad on in- Instagram, I'm not even kidding right now, every ad on Instagram is how to lose weight, some losing weight related thing, Whoa. how to improve your posture, some posture thing. No way. And then I keep getting the one for that, they have a brush now. It's like a. It's not a real brush. It's like a static wand, and you can use it to straighten your hair. No. And for whatever reason, you could use it for anything. You could use it for any kind of for hair eyebrows. on your head. Right. You could use it for. But in the thing, it's always for the beard. It's always subdued with beard. a pubic hair beard who does the wand, and now it's a straight beard. Now, I will Man. say, what's funny about the ad for me is about half the people look worse with a straight beard than they did with the pubic hair beard. <laughs> Not all of them, but about half I go, well, that doesn't look better. That looks terrible. But the thing is, is I, the ad comes up and I go, now how the fuck did they know that wow. I might be interested? Like, they're watching. How you. did they know I need the posture correcting thing? How but do they know? How do they know I, know. I you know, want to lose weight? Yeah. Do I? I, don't I know. think so. I mean that. I'm trying to stick my, my tatas out right now. <laughs> trying to be tata forward. I definitely keep on seeing ads for like tattoo care products and yeah. sneaker products. Yeah, they know. But you. specifically, you. the laces that you don't have to tie anymore. Oh. Like I'm not capable of tying my shoes every <laughs> sure. single time I put them on. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, will. I will say I'm. I'm sort of joking. But if you think I haven't thought about buying some of these things. <laughs> and a couple times after I posted pictures of my cat, they hit me with some cat toy Oh, ads. wow. Look at I, that. I bought a couple of those. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. They're coming for life then. Man, <laughs> you that's never exactly what the they're taking. The cat thing is done. They haven't hit me up for that anymore. Mm. The last mm. one I did was mm. the pretty litter. If you guys remember pretty litter? <laughs> pretty, <laughs> litter? pretty litter? It's this litter that uh, it changes color when your cat is sick. So you know oh. it's like a health thing. And it, uh, you, don't, you only have to scoop out the poop. All the, it chemically disintegrates the urine. urine or whatever, but only if you clean it regularly. So, like, I'll let it sit so long that it's it's actually doesn't work. Because ah. I forget, you got to do it every day. Right. Cat it's owners, time for that. Cat yeah. owners, take care of your cats every day. <laughs> the issue with me and taking care of my cats every day is that I only love one of my cats. <laughs> so, and the, the other cat, I regularly think, like, who do I know Fucking that I could just cat. leave this cat on their doorstep? Wow. They would feel obligated to care for this cat. That is very mean. <laughs> 
it's a, uh, this cat. Is well, to be fair though, he still owns the cat, so it's not like he's done this thing. So if thinking makes you guilty, then yeah, but you haven't done anything. So no, I mean in reality, when the cat gets outside, I'm like, oh god, no, please, <laughs> I have to save you, and I like save the cat from from no real danger, right? And right, I'm like, right. oh my god, and the cat's like, thank you for saving me. I will now go scratch up your bed and annoy you at four in the morning because <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> the cat is basically like, look. I get that we used to have a good relationship, but then you decided to introduce both another cat and a mustache and a child (laughs) into this house. Child too. Child too. Yeah. I'm just going to say, if if I had to choose, I think Sheer is more upset about the child. And and so. No, the cat totally wins. Yeah. So she tries to. That is correct. No, fuck you. (laughs) So now she's trying to come up with ways to make my life hell. Right. Because you've ruined her space. She was like the main thing, and now she's not. Now she's uh, second banana. I, but I'm Third in charge. Banana. She doesn't. I, <laughs> I am the paterfamilias here. Okay, <laughs> I get to make decisions. The paterfamilias. <laughs> I'm the paterfamilias. <laughs> that's right. from that movie. Mother right? fucker. Oh, that's really that. good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Hey, what are we talking about in this episode? We're talking about two movies. Yeah. By Spanish auteur. 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 Uh, Pedro Almodovar. It's also, I realized, uh, and this was kind of on purpose, but kind of not because I forgot that he was in, when I switched movies, that he was in it. It's also an Antonio Banderas double feature. Antonio Banderas is in a lot of his movies, though, yeah? He has regulars. He's like his guy. Well, and also, think what I love about uh, Pedro Almodovar is two of the actors he broke onto the world, uh-huh. Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yeah. also, if you look, he has uses a lot of the same people. He has. It's not totally restrictive. He introduces new people here and there, mm-hmm. but a lot of the same people are in his movies. And his mom was in movies too. He yep. put his mom in movies. That shit yep. is so cool. Yep. I love that shit, man. Yep, shit is awesome. So Patreon went over. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking that's about. What we're, talking we're talking about, about women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yep. And we're talking I can about maybe participate there. Oh yeah, there you go. Hey man, thank if God you, we have a therapist in the house. If you haven't seen it, it's very good. And and we're talking about pain and glory. Yes, the new and that's the latest. Also, kind of in your wheelhouse, right? Pain and glory. No. Sure. Yeah. Mitigation. Well, it is things. about it yeah. is about uh, Dude, chronic pain and sadness and drug addiction. And yeah, some weird reticent glory as well. It's so good. Oh my God! But before we get to that part, we should. Uh, First of all, thank uh, the people responsible for bringing this to you, and that is you, all of our Patreon subscribers. Without you and your contributions to what we're doing, uh, Cinepunks couldn't exist. Not just this show, but the entire Cinepunks family, which is now up to like eight shows. So oh, that's man. crazy. Yeah. And still talking to new ones all the time. So all the time. Yeah. Who knows? So good. So thank you so much for your support. And thanks for listening, even. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it blows my mind that anyone really want to listen to me talk about stuff, but yeah. here we are. <laughs> and, 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 you know? Uh, we also want to thank our sponsor, I guess. The XLVACX.com. Yeah. Here's the thing they're great, and yeah. you should support them all the time. I also have to reset up our store, so we actually benefit from this sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was our relationship. Is like when you guys bought Cinepunk shirts, which a lot of you did. So thank you for that. Um, But I, the store we were using just wasn't very good, so I want to switch to like a uh, to Merchman, right? Or not Merchman? What's the other one? A big cartel. Big cartel. Right. So I want to switch to a big cartel, and I just haven't set it up yet. So once I have it set up, then it like this makes a lot more sense. But until then, I'm just kind of like I just like Chris. Yeah. So just Chris support awesome. LVAC because Chris is great. Uh, he's asked me to see if Krosky's could play his Let's Hang Out thing twice now, and both times I had to shoot him down. 
And it's not because I don't want to play. We definitely want to play, but it always just didn't work out with the schedule. So, this Chris, is, this isn't thank you for asking me. Please don't take my perpetual rejection of your offers as something that sure, is personal sure. or that we don't want to play. I do want to play. It's just scheduling. You understand. There's you understand. basically no chance, I think, that this episode is going to be out before December the 27th, next, okay, which is I'm the okay next one. Yeah, yeah. However, if by chance it does, you should go December 27th. If not, if you go to their Facebook they always have another let's hang out. Yeah. It's almost always, you know, pretty far in advance announced. Super cool. Um, but if this does get up in time, December 27th, there's a lot of great matches. Orange Cassidy's coming back, which makes me happy. <laughs> um, but then the bands, it's like... Uh, uh, snowing? Yeah, Snowing is headlining. Yeah. Uh, then some... I don't know what the other band... Perry Ellis and the something? I don't remember. I don't know. The back... It's basically some guy, I don't know who he is. Oh, wait. Is it his, Perry Shells and the no, Wildflowers of America? No, no. I wish. It's Perry Ellis and the something, which wow. I, it's not the something. It's I don't remember what it is, but it's basically Amanda X with some guy huh. in front, and I love Amanda X. I think they're great, and uh, and then the opening band I think is that band Blueprint. I don't know that band. Oh man, yeah, Philly, uh, uh, basement hardcore band. You know, okay, like more of an Andy Nelson hardcore band, but they've played <laughs> other. You know, they've played more traditional hardcore shows, but the mm. demo is very like, you know. Down, yeah, very downbeat, like, oh, I hate everything sort of deal, oh, which I kind of love like. that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, follow one of the still guys. Still my thing. Still I, my thing. I follow one of the guys in the band on Instagram. He seems really cool. He has a podcast, too, where they talk about Doesn't music. everybody, Liam? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can go on the 27th in Bethlehem, it's it's very cool. Otherwise, so it's just, cold. look, we have Valley Apparel Creations. If you have anything you need printed, they're the, that's the place to go. XLVACX.com. We're not getting insult Chris because that's what we do on Harvest. <laughs> that's all we do on Harvest is insult Chris reject. Wow. Yeah. I just, this is not worth All the that's good the jokes are used up there. You right, know? right, right. Over here, just, hey, Chris. Across in the Valley. I get it. Yeah, Hey, Chris, it's cool. thanks for listening. Since I know you prefer Justin's show <laughs> and you just tolerate this one because you like Josh and I'm just a burden. <laughs> Dick. I'm just kidding. Brutal. Okay. Brutal. Hey, uh, hey. What's the thing we do next? I know. Dana, is there a thing that you appreciate that we do at this particular moment yeah, in time it's like a the gimmick show. or there's like a segment i think there's I totally a thing i appreciate that you do at this moment <laughs> <laughs> and, and i really want to see it happen i want to do sure i want to be Dana, Dana, i want to yes and with you all the time like that <laughs> response is like why aren't we <laughs> yes in an improv group i would just say crazy I stuff i want to yes and with you all the time <laughs> Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. I just feel like oh, my you goodness. in an improv group would just, I would say crazy stuff and you go, yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dana. Yes. Thank You're you. You're welcome. But also, can can I watch it happen? <laughs> can you uh, participate in it? Because oh I believe that this section is a thing known as... Whack it on track! track! Yes! Triple whack on tack. I love you so, so much. So good. Was that fun? <laughs> That's so fun. Is it though? I love doing it. It was every really time. fun. I feel like this is a thing you could participate in too. So start thinking about it. I'm going to ask you. Oh God. Yeah. You don't, if you have nothing, you have nothing. <laughs> but just being able to come up with even one thing that you think is worth telling people about mm-hmm. shouldn't be that hard. Well, um, yeah. I'll think about it. Would then, you like to go? If I fail, I'll feel bad because he said it shouldn't be hard. But you can go last. You'll see us do it, and then and <laughs> don't then use your therapist tricks on me. That's what that was. <laughs> I know, I know a good therapist trick when I hear yeah, it. Yeah, it's like you're a Jedi. I like that your concept of therapist is that they're like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. You're like, yeah, these aren't the droids we're looking for. She's like, oh, so you added a value judgment to it. <laughs> you could have just asked me to do it, but you had to make me feel bad. Sure. No, that's fine, Liam. That's how friends treat each other. <laughs> so good. I know how this works. Wow. 
Solian, would you like to go first, second, or? Well, so this is. We're going to let Dana go last. Right. Yeah, that's fine. So you could have this a little is, bit of time go, go first. or runway. This is always intimidating with this show. Right. Because we refuse to record. So now I have to remember. All the things that you did since the last time we recorded. So long ago. It was ago. so long ago. So long. I mean, you're saying this like it's a joke, but it really was <laughs> it really very was. long ago. I know. Okay. Um, oh. We're recording the day before Christmas Eve, man. I get it. There's a there's an agency to this. We had to do this. It's been it's been a bit. It's been too long. But that said, that means you had so much okay, time to so do I cool watched, stuff. Okay, so I watched a movie I enjoyed that I think is kind of controversial right now, The Irishman. Okay. Mm. All right. I, I think that's in my on track. I liked it. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, I get... Um, well, you're a Scorsese fan to begin with, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not a Scorsese apologist in the sense that, like, I don't think everything he does is great. And I think, uh, though, I very much enjoyed The Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not sure that everything in later Scorsese is awesome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that being said, I very much thought The Irishman was on point. Uh, I don't think it's fair. I think a lot of people who enjoyed The Irishman are then dismissing criticisms that are like, "Well, the women never talk." It's like, it's not enough to say, well, for this story, that makes sense because it's from his perspective, even though I actually think that's very true that like he's telling his own story and in his story, the really the only woman he cares about is the daughter who refuses to talk to him because she sees that he's actually a monster and not charming at all. And that's one of the, one of the main parts of the story is like her very early realization that he sucks. Mm. And how she, her whole life she's struggling with what to do about this monster who is her father, you know? So it makes sense from a narrative perspective. However, it is 2019, and it is weird to have such a huge film in which you could come up with just a few more ladies to talk on screen. Like, even if they functioned in some other way narratively, like, it's, I think it makes sense, but I'm not offended that people are like, well, I just don't want to watch a movie. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I think that what people are saying is, oh, so it's just a movie where the same old white men talk for three hours that are in all these other classic movies. I don't care. Right. I'm not like, well, you suck. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. It's yeah, 100% fair. fair. I think it makes sense for this movie, but it's, it'd be kind of, you know, it's kind of like anything where even though it makes sense in this movie, it's become so ridiculous that, um, we have so many films over history that it's just all male protagonists and no meaningful female characters that like, oh, so Martin Scorsese is going to get the criticism on this one. It's, there's no tragedy there. You know what I mean? I, I just like right, that right, anyone right. cares, that, any, that, that <laughs> enough people watched it to go, that's weird. I weird don't know. <laughs> why, does, why did none of the women talk in this Hold film? the phone. Yeah. yeah. They didn't even talk. They didn't say a damn thing. Um, so like, I, you know, that's fine. But that being said, if you're someone for whom you're like, I'm still curious about the movie, I think it's worth your time. I think it a is. A whole lot of time. Well, and the big success of it for me is that people who don't understand score. So my theory is that people who see Scorsese films as pro-gangster, like they watch a Scorsese movie because they're like, oh, Scarface the mob is cool, yeah, yeah, gangsters yeah. are cool. You don't understand. In all of his movies... Bad things happen to those people. No criminal in a Scorsese film was like, and then I got away scot-free and everything was great. And my life was good. Right, right, All of those movies are about how it's fun at first, but you're living a life that could not possibly work out for you. Yeah, they're all like cautionary So the fact that this movie has no sexy period and almost from the beginning you're going, this sucks. (laughs) It sucks that his life is like this. Um, 
to me, that's a success. And to see how many people rejected it because it wasn't tough. Mm. Like a lot of people, it was the worst gangster movie I ever saw. Okay. <sighs> I mean, that guy really exists, though. Like, this yeah, is also yeah, yeah, yeah. based on a true story in which this dude, you know, might have killed Hoffa. Like, mm. there you go. You know, right, so right, right. I really liked it. Um, I also saw with, what did it mean? Who's just going to see? Oh, I saw Knives Out. Oh, I have not seen it yet. Me neither. Oh my god! I know. Me and my I really thought you would have seen it. Yeah, we were going to see it this weekend, but you know, whatever you're doing is stupid. Go see Knives Out. Okay, noted. I'm just saying it's so good. Yeah, I heard it's amazing. I mean, did you find it to be amazing? Was the word amazing in your lips? Is that? It depends on what you mean, because I think. Did you love it? The few people I've seen who are not in love with it, they heard amazing and they thought something deep. It's just a very good murder mystery. That's all it is. And it manages to do that thing I love where it's like, like at a certain point in the film, it, they're like, oh, did you think this was a mystery? Let me reveal to you the trick of the mystery. Oh, there's still a half hour left of the movie? That's weird. <laughs> and then you realize what was revealed to you isn't the whole truth. Ah, or It's not even that. It's, the actual it's, red herring. It's, it's the whole truth, but there's stuff going on it's only one person's perspective. And I thought ah. that was really smart the way it's like, it doesn't do the thing where it pulls the rug out from under you of like tricky narrator. And yeah, everything gotcha, you're gotcha. seeing is real. Yeah. It's just that person through the character through which you're seeing what really happened, quote unquote, mm. doesn't have all the facts. So then at the end, there's still a big reveal ah. that changes how you view what they did. I was like, smart, I love that shit. good, yeah, that fun. fun. The performances are great. Uh, Chris Evans is great. Ah. You know, uh, uh, Daniel Craig is great. I uh, love both those guys. Everyone in the movie I thought was really good. I, you know, if the movie had been longer, there could have been a little more space for the family to be weird because the family is very weird and that's fun and funny. But I think it would have distracted from the. It wouldn't have helped the story. So I think you know, yeah, I wish there was more for some of these people to do. You know, but I think mm-hmm. it it works as a narrative, and I just thought it was very well done. And you know, a reminder that you know. Whatever people think of The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson's still great. Right. You know what I mean? I can't, when someone's like, well, it, it's fine if someone doesn't like Last Jedi. But to say, and he's a terrible filmmaker, I'm like, let's not. Yeah, let's, let's, let's not get ahead yeah, of ourselves. Yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah, not please. pretend here. The dude's good. He's yeah, real good. Yeah, yeah. And this movie's he knows very what he's good. doing. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. The problem is, again, it's uh, there probably is other things, but it's been so long that I'm like, what else did I see that was actually worth talking about? Because we talked about Parasite last time. We did. We talked about The Lighthouse. We did. We talked about... All right. I think I'm good. Yeah. No whack things? Nothing whack happened to you? No, I don't think so. Because I, I'm i really focused right now on watching movies for the... Oh, for your end. Yeah, yeah, Trying yeah. to get like... You know, not like I even care that much about my list per se. It's well, just... You want to cover all the bases. I get yeah, that. Yeah, there's yeah. great... great People are talking about all these great movies. And a lot of them I just didn't have time to go to a theater. Mm. and see them so it's like okay well what 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 can i get in right now that's like available you know what i mean so right not everything's available one i mean one of the best experiences i had was the movie we're talking about today so yeah yeah me too. Um, oddly enough yes me as well uh the only other thing you know i will say um and we'll probably talk about it more on horror business but i just want to mention it on here for people to listen to horror business i really like that movie bliss which was oh i haven't seen it yet joe bagos and josh Ether, Ether, Ether. Anyways, they did, you know, Almost Human and uh, a, a bunch of like lower budget horror films anyway. Mm. This is like a different vibe for them. It's a very different movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, 
kind of like psychedelic, you know, in a way. But uh, I don't want to say what the central conceit is because it's not that it's a surprise, but, but it, it kind of reveals it's a itself. little unexpected, yeah. you know. So, mm. uh, but it's related to drugs. It's basically a movie that seems to be that starts off about an artist who is trying some drugs out basically like mm. you know oh this is new i'll give this a try and then other things happen that make that experience even more weird right uh and so it's very um the way it's shot and the visual storytelling is so different from the other stuff that they've done that i found it really interesting and engaging cool it's not a very deep movie it kind of ends and you're like oh, that, was a, <laughs> that was fun that was an exciting weekend she had you know it wasn't it's there's not like a huge sort of whatever like subtext but it's, or whatever yeah. I, I found it very entertaining very very, very sometimes that's enough man 100 totally into that that's good 100%. it's a good time man all right all I right. know you have a huge list, so let's just transition to your list. Okay, number one, I met Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably number one, yeah. Yeah, number okay, one. Okay, how is the now, movie? Now, whether though? or not this talk- is a whack thing or an on-track thing is TBD. <laughs> I'm currently unsure. <laughs> I will tell you that he didn't get off the stage when everybody took their pictures of them, I presume, so we wouldn't see how tall he was compared to everybody else. That's what I think. But... um. <laughs> That's kind of on track. It was, uh, it was, man, man, what a time! So I went to the Philadelphia Film Society screening of Erotica with director Glenn Danzig in attendance, the producer, and then one of the actresses also was in attendance. <sighs> yeah, I saw the movie. Me and Melanie saw the movie. Talk about the movie. We sat next to Brian Yan when we watched the movie. It was one of those things where I was watching it. Ten minutes in, the movie stopped. And then cut to the final credits, which then played to its end. And then the theater was plunged into darkness. Understand, we're sitting in a room where a guy is dressed like Danzig. That's not Danzig. (laughs) He has the wristbands, the necklace, and the belt buckle on, and the mesh shirt. He's just sitting there like that. Just fucking dressed like Danzig. He had the belt buckle. I don't know for you guys, but I have a little bit of a belly overhang, so... A horn belt buckle is a perilous proposition, fashion speaking. Agreed. This man is just wearing that. Just mm-hmm. wearing that. Mm-hmm. The movie <laughs> stops after the credits play. The theater is now dark. And the movie attendee starts singing Mother, the song by Danzig, who is in attendance. Just he just started it. singing it. Singing it. They did, the people Mother, in the crowd. Yeah. Tell and your then, children not to walk my way. And then to either its credit or detriment, the movie then begins again right where it cuts off. That's great. Oh, my God. At the end of the movie, <laughs> Danzig is brought out on stage by Josh Goldblum, friend sure. of the show. Sure. He's now discussing the movie, talking about influences. Yeah. Talking about things that he was thinking about as he was putting yeah. this together. What's on his mind? He keeps on is saying that, stuff like... Is that real like, quick how he sounds? Oh, no. I was about to do my Danzig impression oh, right now. Okay. Do it. Go ahead. Well, you know, <laughs> we take a lot of influence from the greats, Dario Argento, Lucio Fulci. But also, I think you'll see a little bit of uh, Federico Fellini in there, huh? little Fellini? <laughs> Maybe you'll see a little bit of a Jean Cocteau? You know? Fuck you! The Orphan <laughs> no, Trilogy? He does, he oh say my that. fucking God, dude! On my grave, my man is talking about Fellini in a movie where the main lady's nipples are eyeballs. And how do I know? She keeps on taking her shirt off, Liam, and you see the eyeballs. Ah, maybe it's her mind, Spider-Man, a man that's a spider in her fucking dreams that escapes her head when she falls asleep and then rapes and kills ladies. 
Maybe that was a thing. It is a thing, Liam. It's in that fucking movie. Yeah, Grace saw it with her mom in New York. She took her mom. Yeah, and still didn't warn me. And I just wanted the movie with my wife. Go on and talk to Danzig. I mean, to be and fair, that's kind of where the cocktail comes in. Oh, like my God. Raping minds. Bruh. It was the only way you can watch this movie is if in your if you're in a room full of metalheads with Danzig there. That's the only way that you sure. can watch this movie sure. and not feel like a total piece of shit when you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, it was one of those things where I rolled my eyes so hard I burned 30 calories just in the 90-minute runtime. <laughs> it was it was intense, man. I mean, like, I'm not trying to be that dude. I get it. It's a fucking Danzig movie. What'd you expect? Huh? <laughs> What'd you expect? Sure. But also, come on, bro. Like, make me work a little bit harder, Dan. Come on, man. You can do better than that. Come you on, know? Mr. Danzig. Do you not have friends? Do your friends tell you that this is okay? So then, yeah, yeah. So I did that. And then I saw the movie. Well, isn't he trying to pretend like the that the movie's funny on purpose? No. He literally has no idea. No, really? He has no idea. Oh Dude, it's almost majestic. And then he talked about his plans for his next movie starring Devin Sawa uh, about vampire cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about that at length as well. It was a lot. It was a lot, man. It was the kind of thing where I was like, am I high right now? Is this, is this drugs? Did I take drugs? Like it was. You should have been high. Oh my god! If I was, I think it would have been better if you were high. And then I went up with Brian. I'm just trying to imagine Danzig saying the words Jean Cocteau. Oh my god! He was talking about he was talking about Beauty and the Beast, La Bête et La Belle. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, there's the scene there where she's talking to the spider guy, and it's kind of like she's Bet, and he's Belle. Little switcheroo. Yeah, he's done yeah. a gender swap. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely wanted to kill myself in the middle <laughs> of the experience. Dan- it was, it was one Danzig, of those things. Danzig, feminist warrior, oh, switched my the beauty of the baby beast Jesus. character. Dude, actually, actually, the raping man spider is the bell, huh? There's a part. How about that? I feel like nothing made sense, and it was just trying to sound like it made sense. Oh my god! There's a part where the mind spider escapes. And he's walking the, the streets. The mind spider? It's a man who's a spider that lives inside the lady's head that only can get out when she falls asleep. You know, eyeball nipple lady. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, and um, followed that one. He happens upon a sex worker, <laughs> French. Sure. She asks him. Hence the Jean Cocteau. Asks him <laughs> what he's interested in. She hasn't looked at him because he's a big, white, naked spider man with six arms. Mm. Sure. She asks him in a French accent, what is it that you like? And he's like, I want to fuck you in the ass. At which point, the uh, working lady says, oh, that's my specialty. (laughs) In a French accent. And then she goes, then what? And he's like, and then I want to kill you. Snap your neck. Yeah, no spoiler. I'm sorry. I I might have spoiled it for you. But yeah, that happens. That happens in the movie. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. Let's stop talking about this. It's a lot. It was one of those things where I was like, what am I even doing I want to have fun with this, but it's It's not fun, fun, man. This is a cautionary tale. Scorsese, Liam. This is not telling you to go see the movie, man. It's not that. Unless this is the part. Unless you want to sit in a room with metalheads, the, the analog and Danzig. The, the analog here is like the part where uh, Ray Liotta is doing coke out of the bag. Oh and freaking yeah, out. that's what this is this for is you. What this is yeah. Like I've gone too far. This is weird. I hit the sun, baby. Yeah. Too close. Yeah. Too close. Way too and then I went and saw the Misfits the next day with Milani. I bet you had fun at that. Now let bro. me tell you, I saw Agnostic Front first. <laughs> they opened. There is something oddly cathartic about watching Agnostic Front play Blitzkrieg Bop 
by the Ramones at the Wells Fargo Center. Hmm. On my list of things that I thought would never ever happen to me in life, that's one of them. Maybe not the top one. Maybe closer to the like the mid bottom of the list. Is this like Still. a is this like a fun fun time moment, or is this like a first as tragedy then as farce? I was into it. I mean, okay. Stigma jumped off the stage, was playing guitar in the middle of the crowd. Of course. And, well, uh, he doesn't actually have to play, right? Like they don't. They haven't plugged him in in like ten years. It's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to think. And yeah. it was fine though. But he's then just there to be like Stigma. The Dropkick Murphys came on after that. They now. have seven guitar players now. I've never seen the Dresden Dolls because I'm not a goth. Yes, sure. (laughs) I imagine this is like what goth music is like if Dresden Doll fans were kilt-wearing Irishmen at the Wells Fargo Center. Jesus. The Dropkick Murphys? Dude, let me tell you. It opened with the bagpipe and the shipping up to Boston thing. Yeah. And then there were like 90,000 people on stage and one guy had an accordion. Another guy had a banjo. I mean, they literally have five guitar players now. Dude, it was a lot. They had two singers... It was just a whole at, lot at of. At this point, they're they're they're. This is a. It's a theatrical. Take, take this event as the insult point, is yeah. meant to be. They are at this point a less talented flogging Molly. Yeah, is really what they that is for sure. What it is now. Keep in mind, I love I'm Do or Die. Real. Yo, I love the boys on the dock seven inch on Cyclone. I loved like all that shit, like Eurotrash, like all that stuff. The you Michael like Colton the stuff. old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murphy's when it yeah. was a punk band, when it was an oi band, this is not that. This is this not is, that at all. This is Celtic cock rock. Is Pogues cosplay. Yeah, but there's not the instrumentation. Like, no, there's not. I get that a lot of people hate the Pogues, and I'm not here to make anyone feel bad for hating the Pogues. Yeah. But what you can't say about the Pogues is that they weren't fucking musicians. Right. Like, they could play those goddamn weird Irish instruments very well. You're right. It's just Shane McGowan is the worst vocalist of all time. (laughs) And when people act like he's. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. He's maybe not the worst, but people act like, oh, he's so brilliant. I'm like, he's drunk. He's drunk. He has fucked up teeth. This is definitely a misapplied word. Yes. But again, whatever, man. It's cool. I I just, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't. There was a minute when I was sitting there and uh, listening public. I don't know if you know. I haven't, I've always worn Kangles my entire life. This is the first time in my life when I was embarrassed of my hat choice. Right. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. You were reminded of the sort of old man punk. Yes. Oh, no. You know, when you look into the void, but then the void looks back into you, that thing. (laughs) That's what happened. So then, and then, so then the misfits come out. The misfits come on. Now, how many bases did our man break? He broke six of them. Ooh, that's low for him. It was a lot, though. It was a lot. Here's the thing: some of the ticket players paid upwards of two hundred dollars to be at the show. The soundboard, whatever, could not handle the feedback and the guitar sound at all. Now, granted, the Misfits always just kind of sound shitty, anyway, right? Like the last time I saw him was with Michael Graves at the Troc with Ink and Dagger opening. Sure. And that was what, like 97, 98? Probably the last time I talked to you, Dana. I'm just saying. <laughs> this was, I mean, it was original Misfits. Something I never thought I'd see is Danzig and everything. I mean, he kept on doing the joke, you guys want to hear an old one? Into it. Into it. I'm with it. Yeah. Good dad joke for Danzig. Good dad joke. I don't know if he has any children. That's a joke, though. I was into it. He has and cats. We know that We much. do know about the cats, yes. And they played all the hits. I heard 20 Eyes. I heard Astro Zombies. I heard, they didn't play Hate Breeders, which made Melani upset. But other than that, they played all the songs. It just sounded fucking terrible. And then we went home. That I mean, that's not on the Misfits, though. That's on the venue. It's on the venue. Because I've seen enough videos of them at other venues of a similar size where yeah. they sounded... They still I mean, shred it. Let they me be still clear. It sounded good for the Misfits, a band I do not enjoy. Right. It was fine. Misfits is the classic example of sometimes a band you don't appreciate still has tracks, and you have to admit that they have tracks. Right. So, like, I don't like the Misfits. 
they but have you, a few you tracks. recognize that there are a couple uh, jams. When uh, where Eagles Dare comes it's on, it's a good jam. Y- y- what are you going to do? Pretend like it's not a catchy song? Yeah. But yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. it's like the mass of the art of the work is not. It doesn't work for me. There's just like if you have that many songs and I only enjoy three of them, that's uh-huh. not like a yeah. And then I also don't dig the vibe. Then it's like not for me. Right. But to be fair, I do like Sam Hain. It's fair. It's fair enough. Yeah. So that was, uh, again, I don't know if it was Whacker on track. It just happened. It's one of the things. <laughs> it's a thing you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. How about how about them How about them Voodoo Glow Skulls? I did see the Voodoo Glow Skulls, the 5, 6, 7, 8s, and the Reverend Horton Heat in 2019. Jesus Christ. That happened at the same show on purpose. Were you wearing a zoot suit or it something? It was a along Christmas show. So the Reverend was playing Christmas tunes, Jingle All the Way. This is yes. why you put that Reverend Horton Heat song on the I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I, I don't know. I was into it. I'm just saying, man. I it was literally the only song in your playlist I didn't like. It was. was that I have an song. affinity for hollow body guitars, and it comes directly from me listening to Reverend Horton Heat in formative years. So he was on Does he still play like Gretsch? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The same one. Oh, Country sure. Gentleman. It's I'm beautiful. Sure. I yeah. love that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was fine. Voodoo Glow Skulls, I, I didn't know what to expect. It was a lot. They're in Martine's movie. So I was like. Kind of cool. I mean, they seem legit. I just don't like the music. Yeah, no, the music it's, is it's a It's like, yeah. there's literally not a single Voodoo Glow Skull song I like. But if you were like, yo, I'm backstage at this thing. You should come. I'm hanging out with the Voodoo Glow Skulls. I wouldn't <laughs> be like, like, I'm there. I wouldn't be like, yo, that's cool. I'd be like, yeah, man, I'm sure. I'd, I'd like to meet the gentlemen of they the They definitely seem <laughs> genuinely hype. It was fun to watch. It was sure. fun to watch. Are they still so, have like a cholo vibe? Is that oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That's dog. their thing. Yeah. I wish I liked more bands that were like cholo adjacent or related in some way because I actually love that vibe. But <laughs> It's like, a hard vibe. There's just like, not that a lot one of music goth I like. band. What's that band? There's a goth band that's all cholo dudes. There is. That's the thing I'm trying to think of the name. Yeah, they're too. called like Prayers. Yes. Or right. something like that. Right, right. Yeah, they're intense, bro. They yeah. look like East LA Latino gangsters. Yeah, I'm like, kind of into that. It's a hard look, but they sound like oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, oh, I think I remember who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. The thing that bums me out about that dude is a he's super down with Travis, whatever his name is, from Blink One Eighty Two. Travis Barker. Yeah, that dude's in a bunch of his videos, and that bums me out. Why he's also married out? to Kat Von D. That doesn't bum me out. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty sick, actually. That's cool. But man. also, do you ever notice that dude's neck tattoo? No. The dude from Prayers. It was the dude I'm thinking of. He has a swazi on his neck. Oh. He's got a rose, and in the center of the rose is the swazi. And people, like, when brown people are like, oh, it's okay because I'm brown. I'm like, dog, I get yeah. it, but, like, that's just disrespectful. Like, yeah. I, like no. d- there's always, Make so, better choices. There's always yeah, someone who yeah, wants yeah. to be like, well, I mean it, like, as an Indian symbol of whatever. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah. The problem is there's so many people who don't see it that way that like, uh, again, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong band, but if it's the guy maybe. I'm thinking of. Because there was, a, there was a, a very cool looking Mexican sort of, uh, again, Depeche Mode, whatever dude. Yeah, and yeah, in yeah. one of the videos I saw the neck tattoo and I was like, like oh, no thank you. Yeah. I will say one thing that I did that was on track was I took my friend and drummer for Crosby's, Mr. Dave Wagonshoots, to go sure. see the press screener for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Let me tell you something. You need to talk about that. Uh, I w- so the the screener was on Tuesday. Melanie couldn't go, and um, I asked you. You couldn't go either. So no, you didn't ask me. I did ask you. No, you told me you went after you went. I had no idea you were going. Anyway, I, I definitely <laughs> would have gone. I would have taken you. You should have told me about it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I asked Dave because you know we're both Star Wars nerds or whatever. And um, it was weird because like I walked into the theater and it's just the critics 
It's, it's me and Wags. And uh, as soon as the movie starts, we both just start crying. And then that's it for another two and a half hours. You just cry through the whole movie. Just weeping unrepentantly the entire time. I look over and I see Dave Wagonsheets, drum from Mick and Dagger, drum from Lifetime, drum for Good Riddance, crying at Star Wars. And I'm like, nothing makes any sense anymore. I don't know if I'm ever going to come back to reality. This is a weird moment that I want to live in forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason I'm excited to see it is because you liked it. Because I had so, so much fun. I don't give a fuck what the critical. So many people I see hate I it that like I'm I was okay kind of bummed. But when you said you liked it, I'm like I'm still gonna. I had chance. so much fun, and me and Dave like Dave hasn't stopped talking about it. Like we've, we've been talking about it for the whole week. Yeah, he's just like, dude, I felt like a six year old kid again that just wanted to go into space. Yeah, I had a great time. Justin had mixed reviews. He said he thought it was pretty entertaining and he had a good time. He felt like, and I've heard this a lot, that there was a concerted effort to just walk back all the stuff from Last Jedi. Sure. And that bumped him out. I get it. I mean, like, Rose Tico's not in it as much as, like, I really would have liked her too because she was a great character. Yeah. It almost felt like Finn wasn't in it as much either, even though he's, like, one of the focal points of yeah. the movie. Yeah. But that said, I mean, like, whatever. There's, there's a lot of shit that happens in there that might just be fan service, but is also, like, fucking fun for me to see. You know what I mean? Like, I was into it, so. I'll look forward to us having an episode where we argue about it. I'm sure we will. Do you want to sure do this? Do you want to do this thing that Justin wants to do about Star Wars? No, not at all. I never want really to do that at all. He really wants to do it. I'll do it because I love Justin, but I would do not want to willingly do it. Justin wants me and him and Josh and our other friend, Adriana, to do a round table where we discuss all, all of the Star Wars. Movies like wow. 20 hours of movies. film, yeah, people yeah, would be yeah. into that though. I think maybe I think they would too. I just don't know I if I have the constitution. Would. I don't know. I if mean, I can you do need, it. need to take breaks and stuff. I think I need to take a Gatorade, a beta blocker, a Newport 100, a, beta a 50 <laughs> pack of buds, stop, stop, marijuana. I don't know. Something I mean, for <laughs> me, it would be easy. I'd be like, well, Empire's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you know I've never seen a Star Wars, not one. You've never seen even a Star Wars, not a Star Wars. At this point, that's just disrespectful. Well, you're allowed at, though. At, I don't at this listen. point, to say I've never even tried to watch a Star Wars, and you're just saying, <laughs> "Fuck everybody," I don't no. care. So here, okay, I back that though. I think that that's fine. I don't think that there's you anything just wrong cried with it. at a Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Dana's experience. If she doesn't know joy and wonder, that's not my problem. <laughs> Yo, yo, oh my God. You're going to tell the story now. Now he's going to tell the story. Did I I tell the story before on here about the never ending story? No. Well, just really quick. Really uh, quick. Dana. going to tell this disparaging story. No, 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 no. It's not a big deal. It's funny now. But <laughs> when we were, when we were in, co- when these movies coming out when we were in college, somehow the topic of dragons came up when we were in college. No, I think that Rain. That movie was very old. No, no, no. But Dragon this is when the conversation was. The Sean Connery one? No, no, no. Rain, Rain of Fire or whatever it was. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's when we first heard the opinion that Dana then brought up many times mm-hmm. that dragons are dumb. That You're they're just a, stupid. A dumb dragon dragons are just stupid. And it came up a lot. There's a regular pattern of conversation. <laughs> the dragons are dumb. And a uh, friend of the friend of the show, person who you've met, my friend Jesse Deal, who you know is a very big hugger. He's also a big fantasy guy. And so he always felt a little attacked when Dana would talk about dragons are dumb. And then at some dumb point Dumb is the word though? I don't I I was a nineteen year old person. Yeah, no, you no, have no. To give That's me what room. I'm saying. Now it's fine. <laughs> you have to give At me the space. time it was just <laughs> it I was don't a know of a time when best to imagine dragons being awesome though. Yeah, you didn't know when I was nineteen though. <laughs> it, it was, <laughs> okay. That's fair. Okay, That's so fair. so whatever. Yeah. I am actually I am agnostic on the opinion because I kinda <laughs> laughed. Every time she would say it, I'd be like, This is pretty funny. <laughs> dragons are kinda dumb in a way. But but <laughs> but I also like them, but I get it, you know? Yeah. But then 
she kind of shot herself in the foot because in Jesse's presence, <laughs> she went on this whole rant about how not just our dragons are dumb, all fantasy is dumb. Fantasy is the worst, except, except wow. for one shining star, one thing that set itself apart from all fantasy, <laughs> and that was the never-ending story. That the never ending story was the one good fantasy thing. To which Jesse, who as you've met Jesse, yeah, he's a gentleman you could never imagine losing his shit. No. He's the (laughs) nicest dude. He could never get upset about anything. He fucking freaks out and goes, Dana, you are the nothing. (laughs) Wow. You can't like never ending story. It's about you. You you are the void eating the dreams of children. And this was at a party with a lot of people. And Dana was just like and I, I think some part of him, even though he was like losing it. He also thought this is funny, and Dana's going to think this is funny. <laughs> Dana did not think this was you funny. did not. You were not amused by this. Statement. I think it took a good couple years later when we we talked about it again when we lived together, and I was like, "Remember when he called you the nothing?" That then it was funny, <laughs> but I think at the time you were like, "Well, oh, okay, some angry nerd is yelling at me right now." <laughs> I think I, it was very much that. Wow, <laughs> that's intense. Oh my goodness! I only I only bring up how often she's talked about how dragons suck. Was I only bring that up to justify Jesse's level of like I can't believe you're saying this right now. That's amazing. But at the time, I kind of thought it was funny when you were like, especially because like I think we were leading up to Lord of the Rings coming out, and you were very much like, why would I care about the Lord of the Rings? Like Mm -hmm. that's a dumb thing that dumb people care about. I mean, I don't know if I was that if I was calling the people dumb. I think you were. I I think you would get hype on it because people were other people were so stoked on it Uh that that's why you had such a like a. You're this like, I'm out. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. This is, I'm, I think I, I generally just felt like I was living on an alien planet when I was at sure, Eastern all sure, of the time. Sure. And I was like, literally no one here. Like, I don't, where do, where are my people? That's, and it didn't make sense. Yeah. And so then anytime something came up that was like, everyone loves this and I don't love this. You're just I would just double down like, and be like, nope. not only do I not love this, I hate this. And here's why. <laughs> I, I, think for, I think for me, the reason this is still kind of funny is that my response now, like, don't get me wrong. I saw all those Lord of the Rings movies when they came out. Yeah. <laughs> but now, when adult males say to me, like, well, you know, Lord of the Rings, like, those are great. That's really how I got into movies. I'm like, you're a fucking crazy person. Yeah. Those movies are bad. They're fine. Fine. <laughs> but they're kind of bad. I'm sorry. I mean, my see, my relationship with Lord of the Rings is different, though. Like, yeah. I don't really care about the movies. I just love the books so mm. much. That I read them like every year. But that's part like, of the problem for me. If I was above the books, I think I would feel different about not liking the movies. I loved those books when I was a kid. I thought they were great. I could take or leave parts of them now, mm. but a lot of it I still think is like cool. Yeah. And I think the movies are just kind of boring. It's just yeah, kind of proof no, that like, wrong. Yeah. I think again, this assumption, sometimes when we evaluate um, things that are based on another thing, the, we assume there had to be a good version. You know what I mean? Like mm. the way we talk about, like, for example, the Watchmen movie. The assumption that so many people seem to have is there's such a thing as a good Watchmen movie. And very rarely do people go, you know what? Maybe the Watchmen would never be two hours of good. Yeah. There's no two hour version of this thing that would actually be good. For me with The Lord of the Rings, it's like <sighs> there's so much um there's so much artifice and like, you know, oh, the, the, uh, the way people talk. It's just not interesting for me to watch anymore. Right. I just I find it. them boring. It's I don't okay. know. You're allowed. Well, you're allowed. I don't know. Yeah. This is one of those opinions yeah. that people are like, oh, you hate, fl- oh, you hate dreams because you don't. That's you, just silly. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. So, hey, Dana, Dana, what have you done recently <laughs> that was whack and or on track? This is a long intro. Do you do you want to do you want to know? <laughs> of course, we want to know. We were just talking about how all our intros. This is why we switched it up. <laughs> okay, but it's fine. Uh, real quick, um, I don't. First, you guys go to so many things. I go to no yeah. things compared to you. Well, you live None in. Of the things. You live where now? I live in New Hampshire. So is there a lot of stuff going on? <laughs> I don't I know. Say, anything is there about a lot New happening that you're missing? Are you skipping yeah. a lot of things in New Hampshire? There's not a lot going on, but I at least could get out to see the movies I really wanted to see. If I really, I miss a lot of. I I I catch more movies at home after they come out. I yeah. only go out to occasional movies. I think now. both of us do. Yeah. I mean, I go to a lot, you but I also see lot. more here. Yeah. So you know, you have the screener <laughs> hookup though. That helps. I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't have that, and I have a child, so it's yeah, difficult. Yeah. So it does. Thinking over like just the past year, I don't know. The last band I saw was in Philly in the summer. I got to see The Faint, and I loved oh, yeah. The Faint like way back. Are they still good? They were great. I thought it was great, and their new album's super good. I haven't heard the new record. It's I, I like them when they were well worth it. When they were a thing, I was definitely into it, and I haven't yeah. checked out the new record yet. Yeah, and the show was good. The new record's good. So that was that's uh, that's my on track thing. Cool. Really liked it, and I hadn't been to a show in ages. I love that the last show you went to was here in Philly instead of where you live in New Hampshire. Because <laughs> their their shows don't they're exist just not there. there yet. It's <laughs> not a thing not out there. Wow, that's a bummer. No, there's nowhere unless I want to drive to Boston, and I don't want to drive uh, to Boston. Yeah. It's not a thing I want to do. It's tough. Lots so. of Dropkick Murphys fans over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> that's, what, that's the word on the street. <laughs> word on the word on the streets. Boston's true. just filled word with all on these the streets of Boston. Yeah, all these dudes in kilts. I know. Lots of bagpipage. Lots of bagpipes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, and then the whack thing, which isn't really a whack thing, it's like a medium thing. But I finally got to see Midsummer. Oh yeah, What'd which I had wanted, wanted, wanted to see uh, because I like talked about Heredity for for like a century after it came out. Right. It was my fave. Uh, I felt it, it was over, and I was like, "Huh, all right." You weren't, and like, a, you weren't a big fan, huh? <laughs> that's still kind of how I feel <laughs> about right, it. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to get through. It's a lot to work through, for sure. But is it? Like, Very I don't know. Very dense movie to me. <laughs> it's, yeah, I guess so. I was. I think I was expecting to feel more feels, and I didn't. Okay. Uh, I appreciate that. During the experience. I did some. I thought it was lovely. The colors are colors that I don't like to see. Certain colors weird me out when I see yeah. them on screen, and I didn't yeah. love it. Um, but it was. I could appreciate how pretty it was it mm. just uh yeah fair enough you wanted did you were you wanting it to be more mm, scary intense like is it like uh you wanted more or of the was horror the aspect was the comparison to hereditary where you just wanted more of like the the vibe that was set as present by that movie yeah i guess i wanted to be i wanted to be scared and like delightfully scared in the yeah. same way that I felt like I was with hereditary and I yeah. was I didn't I didn't feel uh scared at all. No, I don't think that movie scared. <laughs> no, I don't think no. it was yeah. not a scary movie. I think Midsummer is unsettling. <laughs> it's unsettling right, without yeah. being a terror. Yeah, it's a pervasive sense. Well, because it's a it's it's a horror experience for everyone yeah, else. Yeah, for sure. She's not Meanwhile, that bad she's at having time. a great time. Yeah, <laughs> Some yeah, bad yeah. things are happening to her, but not that much. Yeah, no, she ends up being the main yeah. queen. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's great. And as a person her. who already works with like my own anxiety and takes care of it and stuff, I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. Do I want to be creating anxiety for no reason? Maybe yeah. not." Maybe not. Maybe not. But the experience is pretty fun if you get there. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. My experience, that's what it was. I had a good time with it. Just saying. Just saying it's all. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, I'm still trying to struggle with whether it's going to be on my top ten or not. Oh, mm. really? Wow. Yeah, because I really really like it, but it also is so uncomfortable. And there's so many movies that I also really liked that aren't as uncomfortable. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe the uncomfortable is good. I yeah, just, it's effective. It's very effective for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only so I I realize is I always do this where I'm like, oh, I forgot about the things. I want to mention a couple of things I did manage to see, which uh, I saw that movie Loose. Did you see that? I did not. Um, I know you guys have been real hyped on it. I know it's coming to shut it. No, you're thinking of Luz. Oh, Loose is a different movie? Luz, Luze, Luz. I don't know how you say the one you're thinking of. <laughs> L-U-Z. The one I'm thinking of is definitely Luce, L-U-C-E. Oh, right. Did uh, not see it, no. And... You know, I recommend people to check it out. I'm real mixed. It's the, it's funny because it's something I, I maybe want to put in my whack, which I Ooh. think is controversial because I think a lot of people loved it. But I think it, um, though it's very well done, it uh, it's trying very hard to present sort of like a, um, I don't know, a complicated view of something that I don't think needs to be that complicated let me just say that much so i I would love if people want to see it and talk to me about it but for me i was kind of like i don't think this is the masterpiece of been sold uh and i saw that movie wounds that oh how was that that was also whack whack bad yeah it was very bad actually kind of bummed me out um but i also saw her smell and the souvenir as part of my year-end match uh wrap-up her smell is great i really really liked it it's Mm -hmm. called Uh, her smell mm mm-hmm Oh, Oh, it's very good. (laughs) It's very good. It's, uh, what is, uh, Elizabeth Moss. So Elizabeth Moss is this, like, rocker, Mm. you know, kind of like. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah, Grungy. But she's, like, living past an addiction or something. It's, it starts with her sort of in the midst of it kind of blowing up her life, sort Uh, of being crazy. Uh, Dan Stevens is in it. Uh, other people whose names I forget are in it. It's it's good. You're into it. it. You like Uh, it. Also, what's his name? Um, the Prophecy and Pulp Fiction. Is it The Walking? No, but yes, but no. <laughs> uh, the uh, red hair dude. Stoltz. Oh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, in yeah. it, and he's great. I love it. He's Eric very, Stoltz. very That's good. That's awesome. Uh, and then The Souvenir is a British film. It's one of the sort of like talking about awards sort of movies, uh, and I really like that. Right. But that was also about addiction. Oh, a lot of movies about wow, addiction, you like addiction movies, huh? What's that about? Not really, actually. You're like, yeah, Yo, that's one, my jam. I didn't know it was <laughs> name's Liam. <laughs> I didn't know it was an addiction <laughs> movie going in per se, but it's very well done. Right, and I really, right. really liked it. Uh, yeah, so that's which. By the way, as a year end wrap up, that means there's still a lot of things I yeah. haven't gotten to see yet. So I'm. Really oh, I also to I have one more thing to add for my own track. Sure, I saw John Waters. Oh yeah, how was John Waters? He did a speech. He did his one man show, the John Waters Christmas Show. At Has Chanford? he changed it? Yeah, it's different. Because I saw it two years in a row, and it was the same thing. No, it's different. Okay, it's cool. awesome. I mean, I can't even tell you what it was about. Like, it's just John Waters going He just wild. goes. Yeah, he yeah, just does. Yeah, it is awesome. So much fun. And I saw 1917, the war movie. Oh, so that's getting a lot of talk, but I don't know anything about it, and I don't know why I should care. <laughs> it's a single take. The whole movie. Supposedly. I mean, there's one obvious break, is but otherwise... Is it weird that I'm kind of like not into that? I mean, did you like Rope? That's fine. Yeah, I like rope. So it's kind of like that, but like war. All right. I liked it a lot. I actually really. I don't really yeah. get down with with war movies and all that stuff, especially things that are so grievous about like World War One, World War Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was into it, man. It was, it was a good movie. All right. 
It's interesting. I don't take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally like a. There's so many movies I feel like I need to catch up with. That yeah, like no, the I get war, the war movies like not high on my list. I also saw it on a big format. I saw it, you know, I saw it. In oh, IMAX. did you? It was oh, you saw it in IMAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, it's a gorgeous thing. Yeah, but I mean, I get it. It's fine. I really want to see Little Women. That's sort of Ooh, my me big, too. Yeah, it's my big. I need to get to it before the year is over. I also want to really see Portrait of a Woman on Fire, but I get the feeling that's not really going to be available for us to see till. After. Well, yeah, a while yeah. So that bumps me out. All right. Okay. I guess we'll, we'll take a break. And after the back. break, we're going to come back and talk about two Pedro Almodovar movies. Do you like spooky movies? Hair raising tales. Insightful criticism. Judgmental hot takes. Then you're going to love Car Business, the horror podcast on the Cinepunks Podcast Network dedicated to all things weird and spooky. My name is Leo Dong. And I'm Justin Lore. And every episode, we're going to tear apart your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies to get to the bottom of what makes these movies great, or maybe not great. Whether it's The Beyond, Prince of Darkness, or Inseminoid, we dive in on a double feature every episode, and then we talk about it. Some of our insights are great, and sometimes we just complain. So if we have to suffer through it, so do you. Horror Business, available anywhere you find fine podcast products. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... Listeners, we watched two movies by Spanish Ator. Ator? Autor? Autor. I don't know. Director. Uvra. Well, he writes and directs. So I guess he yeah. really is like he is the like the, the dude model. who does yeah, the yeah. thing. Uh, Pedro Almodovar. So, mm-hmm. Liam, what is your relationship to Pedro Almodovar? It's a, his is a name that I knew about for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I knew about uh, Time Me Up, Time Me Down. Mm-hmm. I knew about All About My Mother. Uh, and I think I... I think Though my first film of his was way, wasn't until like 2006 when mm. Volvair came out. Yeah, that was my first movie too. And I saw it in theaters and I really liked it. And then I went out and found some of his older movies. Mm. But, you know, 2006, uh, unless you're willing to buy Criterion, mm. it, was hard it wasn't to that find. easy to get yeah. an Almodovar movie. Like, mm. And it was one of those things where there was a couple on Netflix. This was back in the DVD days. Mm. So there was a couple I could get from Netflix that were Almodovar. But I, you know, I was interested, but I wasn't so interested that I was like getting people to illegally download stuff that I didn't know what it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he already had a pretty big catalog. Catalog by the time that Volver came out. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. like Volver was like a new thing. It's like he was a known quantity. Right, right, right. In Spain. And by certain people here. But like, you know, we're, we're both, uh, our, I think our relationship to like art film. Mm-hmm. Is that we both know more than other people, but we're also always ca- catching up. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that was the thing with him. I knew who he was. I knew mm-hmm. people liked him. Yeah. And I knew I liked a couple things. Right. And that was it. And I, he was sort of on my list of like things I should watch more Things of that you want to delve into. Like, yeah, you like know. I've, I've, you know, I've only seen. We've like, done this with like Kurosawa movies. Yeah. Where like, you know, I want to watch I've, Kurosawa movies. I've only yeah. seen like two Truffaut movies. You know what really? I mean? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't, I only know like three uh, Agnes Varda movies. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. So there's a bunch of like really important directors who I haven't had time for, mm-hmm. or I've tried to, but you know, I don't have so much time. And Albert Overs was on the list. I've seen three of his films. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he was on my mind recently because Painting Glory was coming out. Mm-hmm. But also, a couple years ago, uh, when I was working at Lafayette, they had a series that was like the faculty film series where people on staff would pick films to show. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really thought about. Almodovar for a while. I knew I liked him. I knew I wanted to see the skin, uh, the skin I live in, the skin I live in, because yeah. it, it skin I live in actually premiered at Fantastic Fest mm. the year I was there, but I didn't see it, and then I just never got to it. 
So uh, one of the professors there, Mary Armstrong, is the head of the uh, Women and Gender Studies program. She picked women on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Mm. And I was like, oh, Almodovar. And not just Almodovar, one of his early, more goofy films. Yeah. Sure, I'll check it out. Why not? And I loved it. And she talked about it a lot and had a lot to say about it. And yeah. it kind of got me back on a like a Almodovar. I need to get back into Almodovar. And um, when I heard about Pain and Glory coming out, we were thinking about what we were going to do. Yeah. And, and I was like, like oh, I need a current. reason to yeah. watch Pain and Glory. Like, I know, <laughs> you know, let's, if we do it for an episode. If whatever. only you had a show that discussed movies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's it. And there's still a bunch of stuff that you want to see. People love. You know, oh, this is so important. This is so important that I haven't got a chance to see it. Right. But he's definitely. I mean, I. You know, I'm glad I'm getting more into that. You know. What about you? You. I. I know you saw Volver. So here's the thing. Yeah. Like, it's also kind of more of like an autobiographical reason that I hated Almodovar because I saw Volver in New York when I was dating the young lady that I was dating before Melani, my wife. Sure. And um, we saw it at the Angelica, so that was cool. Right, like I knew then, even though I didn't Very know cool. as much about film back then, I knew that like, this is a cool experiential thing. We saw it with one of her friends, a young lady named Gaia. Okay, not her real name. Really? Yeah. Okay. And her boyfriend, I don't remember his name. All I recall of this man, other than the fact that he worked at Kim's Video, which I thought was the coolest thing at the time. Sure. He just cried the whole time, and I'm watching this emotional interplay with these people involved there. And I'm just like, why is this motherfucker crying? <laughs> what are you crying about? And it's never, uh, it's never a good thing when you're asking that. Why are you crying? Yeah. And then at the end of the the movie, the girl at the time was like, "You should be more emotional like him." Wow. And I was like, "What? Huh? <laughs> like what now? Crying over these Spanish people?" So then that forever tainted my perception of Almodovar. I was like, "Nope, that stuff sucks." Cause that crying dude likes it. I don't like anything he likes. Cause that guy's whack, and I'm not that. Yeah, categorically, this this, this, so, this all feels very much like Joshua's just decision making. Yeah, yeah, it's very much that. So I was yeah. just like, nope, don't, not into it. And then you brought up the idea that we're gonna watch these things, and I was like, ah, oh, damn, the boyfriend movie, shit. So then I started with Women on the Verge of the Nervous Breakdown. Yeah, me and Melani watched it. Yeah. At the end of it, I was just like, what the fuck am I even looking at here? And I could <laughs> feel like that, like, man, this shit is. It's a comedy, but I'm not laughing. I'm not at all. I oh, mean, I definitely laughed through a lot. Of I definitely was like, am I just not smart enough to get this? Am I just mm. not there? Which, you know, that's, but that's never but a good feeling. I, it was just one of those things. I mean, Lonnie didn't like it either. Mm. So I felt at least like, well, I'm not the only person that's watching this thinking like, man, I can't get into it. Sure, sure. But then I saw Pain and Glory. Yeah. And I watched it. Melani hasn't been feeling well. So she was like sleeping Sunday morning. So I just yeah. was awake. And, you know, I, I wake up hospital schedule, so I'm awake at like 530 in the morning anyway, you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, so yeah, I just yeah. had time. Yeah. So I watched it. Yeah. And it moved me on a visceral level. Right. To the point of which the story about a man at the end of his career, or at least at the twilight years, being revisited by past exploits, past successes and losses. Yeah. In addition to love and loss and flourishing and the loss of his mother and all that stuff. It was a movie that touched me on a level that I truly and wholeheartedly bought into 100%. Sure. And because of this movie, I, I now think I'm a fan. And I'm, I'm willing to search out more movies by Almodovar to watch. Even though you're still not sure about women on the uh, But see, but that's right the now. thing, though. In preparation for this, I'd done some research and I'd read up on it. And I, I understand now 
the climate under which this movie came out. Sure. So that context, I mean, you know, you want to see a movie and you want to appreciate it for what it is, but sometimes the context under which a movie is released and revealed makes a lot of the experience what it is. Well, there's also, you know, reading about this, there's also a limitation a little bit for us in that um, he has a lot of, like, language jokes. Yeah, that has a yeah, not for Spanish. Sure. Be- I mean, I understand a lot of Spanish, but I don't speak it enough to, like, get some of the humor you know like the and whole thing with the with the 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 lady the jesuit or the born again lady yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's like some language joke in there that i read about that you sent me the article for and it's like i didn't get that at all no and at and, all and even yeah. like the context stuff it's hard to get the whole idea of like <clears throat> you know that these movies not just this movie but his early movies as well were coming out Right after Franco, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Right that, after like, this oppressive, you could live this like modern life. You that know, this modern, colorful life was available to young people at the time in the face of a thing like an AIDS epidemic, in the face of a thing like yeah. a heroin epidemic. Yo, it was, and, and it's crazy to me too. Like, I just, I also hadn't thought until I read that one thing I sent you uh, about Franco as like not just a fascist dictator, but a Catholic fascist dictator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How so, just even thinking like, uh, you know, the end of Women on the Verge of Nurse Breakdown, when she's just like, virgins are the worst. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, in Spain. Yeah. She's in super Catholic Spain, who just recently, in the in the timing of that movie, got the vote. You know, yeah, just yeah, recently yeah, yeah. have democracy. Just recently have an idea of, like, individual freedom. And within a few years, he's like... I'm gonna have a priest giving a woman a there's a there's a fake commercial in the movie in which at her wedding a priest gives a woman a condom. Yeah. Cause he's like, Can't trust men, he might be fooling around. And Bam. it's like an ad for safe sex. And I was like, that had I didn't, to piss some people yeah, off. Yeah, I didn't realize how trans- transgressive that was until I read the articles leading up to yeah. this episode. This is yeah. like eighty eight. This movie, mm-hmm. is I forget what it is, eighty eight or eighty nine. Uh, I think it was like 88. I think that's yeah, 88 Spain. Like, holy crap, you know, yeah. like, and the and, and even the idea of the film that and I had the benefit that well, the first time I saw it, I, I, I did enjoy it and I found it really funny. 88, uh, sorry, but then immediately after that, to have Mary Armstrong talk about like, think about you know, the thesis of this movie, it's operating in, in a classic slapstick com- like, this is supposed to be yeah, a screwball yeah, 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 1930s sure. screwball comedy, but it's a screwball of newly unrepressed. Yeah, so and, wild, and, and and the idea that like in this film, all of the female characters are playing out, in some sense, these like masculine defined roles, mm-hmm. but they're the only characters that every man in this movie is just kind of is a tertiary yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. most developed character is Antonio Banderas, and he is not. He, he is, is a not goofy, at all. Yeah, weirdo He's who doesn't it kind of bumbling through the movie. Yeah, yeah, that. Like his his character absolutely lacks agency in this movie as the way you would perceive female roles to be up until this point. Right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, so all that and, and he has again, some high waisted pants on in this movie too. Yeah, very high waisted pants. I mean, the yeah, whole man. movie is a fashion. It is amazing. It was crazy. Yeah. Like it looks a, like a turnstile the, video in, today. In the Criterion release of this movie, Dana, uh, there's an essay by a, a young woman who talks about how like she only realized that like. She was participating. She yeah, well, that she didn't have to dress in this leftist, you know, yeah, that there yeah, was yeah. a uniform to being an anti-Franco activist, right? Yeah. And then Franco's gone. And then it, she said, literally, it's almost like you saw Almodovar movies were like, 
I could wear a dress. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't have to just wear a flannel and jeans. Like I yeah. could wear I could go colors. Out. Yeah, I yeah, could yeah. like eat or, at a restaurant. You know, the idea and the that, movie like, has a very vivid. Have you seen the movie, Dana? Or no, I yeah. Have not, no. So the movie has a very vivid, almost like um, Wes Anderson color palette. It's like yeah, this, everything is colors. It's just bright, so just like explosions. bright and explosive. Yeah, for sure. And even yeah, the yeah. idea that like. The idea that there would be this even kind of cultural thing in Madrid was like almost like a new thing. That's you know? insane. And, and and that's see, and that's exactly what I was talking about. Like the context definitely alters the perception of that movie. And it's not just the sum of what you're given, it's the entire ephemera around it. Sure. Too. Sure. So I mean, taking it the way I normally take movies is just watching a movie, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand how I missed the point, you know. Well, and and I think that um it's still a weird thing. Like it is a goofy. It's a movie, goofy, though. goofy, goofy movie for it sure. Is yeah, a yeah, yeah. Silly screwball. It's it's screwballs. I don't know. It's it's a lot. It is a it is a comedy of errors. It's definitely. It that. is the classic. There's a pregnancy in there. Yeah. It's the, it's the classic <laughs> comedy of it in which so we open up with a woman who is distraught because her lover has left her, mm-hmm. and it's only over time you realize her lover who lives with her even mm-hmm. is. Married to another woman and has a child with that. So like, yeah, the even Antonio her feeling is of like the child who's an adult. Even her feeling of the classic, like I've been abandoned. It's like you're oh, the other yeah, woman. You're the mistress. You're literally yeah, the mistress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the whole. Oh, I've been so weird. And then like, um, it's not like one of those telenovelas that you see on like yeah. Univision. Like one I, of those things. And I think there's just a level of caricature going on. Yeah, there's a of, level of melodrama and caricature. It's yeah. definitely both there. Yeah. And again, I'm just not smart enough to pick it up. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think that. I, I think that's unfair to you as a. You know I just I mean? don't get it, man. Like, I mean, again, I'm there, not there. You know what I mean? Like, I think you're very smart, Josh. I think that's unfair to you. I think on. you're being unfair to yourself. Too the point is, uh, for me, and and you know, it is worth noting that if you've only started paying attention to Almodovar's career more recently, mm-hmm. he's not doing as many. Comedy, you know what I mean? Like his yeah. his films took bits a, for sure. Yeah, in Pain and Glory, but yeah, but it took more a of a comedy. serious tone. Yeah, and so I think um, if if you're familiar with those more serious movies, and then you're like, well, let's go back <laughs> to like Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, you might be like, well, this is silly. Yeah, this well, is like this is not the tone I was expecting. Yeah, what is yeah. happening right now? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I think because I was a lot unfamiliar with his stuff when I saw this movie. Like I'd seen a few things, but mm-hmm. not that much. Um, it kind of worked for me like, okay, this, this is fun. This is a funny movie. I'm going to mm. watch this and it's silly. And then realizing like all the very intentional decisions he makes along the way just makes it more engaging. But mm. for me, I just took it at the level of this is a goofy, silly film. Right. Um, and realizing all those layers and stuff was kind of crazy for me to, to have that experience. Whereas Pain and Glory is a very... It's a very small s- movie. Yeah, and so so reflective. It's small in the sense that the subject is very finite, right. but it's grand in that the depth of that subject is so spacious and sure. empty. It's elegiac. It's so beautiful. It's one of those movies that I saw, and um, just like Volver, and just like how that tainted the rest of my experience with Almodovar. Uh, I would, uh, yeah, um, I said it right. Um, this movie also speaks to just what's been going on in my life lately. Sure. Of like things resurfacing that I I wasn't at all expecting things happening that I haven't been looking for Mm -hmm. things coming together that I thought weren't going to, and things falling apart that I thought would stay forever. 
And it's it this movie speaks to all of those things from the perspective of an artist, which, you know, debatable as to whether or not I wear that mantle, but I'm just saying, I kind of feel like an artist from time to time. And I definitely could resonate with that notion of like a man sitting on, on his mountain and looking back. And it's it's but it's such a forward moving movie. It's such a kinetic movie in that regard while still being a reflective movie. I will say if you're looking for it is a movie that is related to addiction. Mm-hmm. And my man has the cushiest, most rich person interaction with heroin you've ever oh seen. Oh my God, yeah. It's insane. And really only gives it up because he. Uh, is I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but it, it, it's really. He remembers how mean he was to an ex who was addicted, addicted to, to heroin. heroin. Yeah. And his giving up of heroin is almost entirely based on that because in his life as a cushy old rich man who wants something to make his horrible detrimental back pain and migraines go away, mm-hmm. his experience with heroin, almost entirely positive. Yeah, It's only because he remembers like, oh yeah, this tangentially ruined my life at a certain time. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason he decides not to continue down that path. So if you're someone who for whom addiction has ravaged your life, this might be a hard portrayal for you because it's, it's dick, so it, casual. It's a, it's a difficult one in terms of that, especially given like the socioeconomic stuff in that movie, which is kind of non-existent. Right. But, dude, this movie is testament to the notion that we never really let anything go. Yeah. The idea it's, that... It's interesting. One of the few negative reviews I read was like, the title of this movie is uh, inappropriate because it's so much more glory than pain. Oh my god! And I'm like, oh, you misread. Yeah, the entire there's this thing. integral scene where he, uh, so so uh, all this what starts the movie off right is there's going to be a re-release of one of his films, and it's a film thirty he years has later that a problematic relationship with because he felt the lead actor did not give him the performance he wanted, and he blames that on the this person's addiction to heroin that the heroin ruined his performance. Yeah, that it. Was, but now yeah. in his old age, he's. Watch, he's rewatched the movie and he actually thinks it's really good. Yeah. He's reevaluated his own art and that allows him to reach out to and reconnect with this actor who is still using heroin. Right. And in their relationship as they are using heroin together, uh, this man reads something that he wrote and he wants to perform it. As a one-man play. As a one-man play. And the person for whom he wrote this piece, not for whom, but he wrote it about this person, just randomly comes to see the play and knows that it's about oh, him. Oh, this is about me. Mm-hmm. So then he has this to speak to the actor, then who points him towards the direction of Banderas, who's the director. And mm-hmm. So it's this... Oh, my and, goodness. And if this were a romantic comedy, yeah, this would be, where this would be the slapstick out. Oh, there's right a reconnect. And, but when they meet, again, it's a pleasant... And this review was saying, well, he even reconnects with this person, and it's so pleasant. And I'm like, oh, my God. Did you not sense the deep loss because mm. this other man has moved on with his life yeah, and mm-hmm. he has the, let this define him the the the, uh. the the heroin addict who in your world that painful relationship has ruined all of the relationships yeah he moved the fuck on yeah and he's happy and he's still and the the most painful part of that is that he's moved on he's happy mm. he still loves you too yeah. But his love for you is not tainted by pain and loss. No, it's also and that's, left. And that's yeah. part of why Banderas cannot feel good about that. Yeah. I mean, he feels something that moves him forward. It's not totally dark. Mm. But realizing like, oh, you're healthy. You're you're good. Yeah. And I'm still 
the hurt. damaged person. I'm yeah. still picking the wound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, as old men, it's so long ago. It's so long ago. And this man is just kind of like the coincidence of them reconnecting and being okay with each other. It's, it is, you know what? We were talking a little bit about Midsummer earlier. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of Midsummer only in that this is a scene in which two characters are having the same experience and completely different experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And they're feeling a lot of the same emotions, only for one of them, it's okay. And for the and other, for the one, other it's one, it's still. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which the, the fact that Elmadovar can convey this in a single scene with two people. It's not long, there's not a lot of dialogue. It's mm. truly. It's a brilliant movie. Fantastic. And Banderas is reminding all of us that he's. The, the thing about Banderas is because he's done so many ridiculous things, you forget, like, oh, you're oh, a yeah, good actor. He's got a thing, yeah, that he can do. Dude, it, that scene is so brutal. Yeah. And here's the thing, though the, the overarching thing that resonated with me the most about this movie is the idea that it's told through flashbacks of his childhood, as well as him talking about the movie and his relationship with the problematic actor as well as him talking about his relationship with this heroin addict that ruined his life, basically, and how he's still alive. He, he ruined the he, heroin addict's life. Yeah, he. but that all of these things are still part of sure. something Oh, that you're talking writes. about the lover. I was talking about the actor. No, no. the the Well, yeah, that guy, too, but the lover, dude. Yeah. Like, that. all of that is still coming out in his art as he yeah. writes addiction, which then becomes mm-hmm. the play, which then circles the whole thing around. Yeah. And to see that from such a prolific director who started with these weird like movies like Women on the Verge of, of Nervous yeah. Breakdown, yeah. and then this being his last thing that he did, hmm. you can't help but say that this is him. You can't help but say that this must be, to a large part, Almodovar and his awakening to himself right. at seven. Well, and that's the thing and about this that was... So that was the subtext of this review, is saying... This is just self-aggrandizing because he comes out looking so good. And it was such a misreading because I'm like, yeah, it's not a fully self-critical movie. But if you don't see the underlying melancholy that animates this thing, then I feel like you're just not good at watching movies. (laughs) Dude, he starts doing heroin at 70 or whatever in this movie. Like, it's And his whole, the dude asks him, like, we will chase the dragon together. He's like, well, why? And he's like, I never did it before. Just like, dude, if I, that's not a weird and quiet act of desperation, I don't know what is. Yeah, and the movie and makes that case if you're really paying attention with his all the stuff with his mom and his oh chronic pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are all these things, and the the chronic pain. What's interesting about the chronic pain is that the chronic pain matters to him not just because it's pain, but because it's keeping him from directing. Yeah, and everyone around him is like, "You're not alive because you're not really mm-hmm. doing the thing." Yeah, yeah, but yeah. How? Why would someone call it self-aggrandizing? Because it comes out with him at the end still being him. It's still, it comes out at the end of him having gone through all of these things, all of these transgressions, mm-hmm. while still being this potent, vibrant He writer. can still do what he needs to yeah. do. And also, like I think, honestly, it's just a fundamental misreading of the scene with the... Yeah, with that the, like with because the, they're not screaming at each other in pain. It's it's, it's not it's like, what it is. Look like, how great I am, and yeah. it's like no, I don't. This I, movie uh, is an exercise in nuance, and if you're looking for a punch in the face, which there right. are very much punches in the face throughout this entire, I think movie. though some of the most poignant moments that remind me of his. So a lot, he's Almodovar is known for this high melodrama, just this right. over the top, like ridiculous. That's what people know him for. All the moments in this movie that reach that kind of exquisite point of beauty are uh-huh. very quick. 
Yeah. And they're not drawn out. They're, they're not, very subtle. Yeah. Like the mother telling him how she wants the rosaries arranged in her hand when she passes. Fuck. All the stuff. Unbelievable. All the stuff when he was a kid with a young man. Fixing, yeah. Um, uh, Brutal. So yeah. crazy. It's just these wild and weird moments that they're literally moments in this movie that are, if you're not looking at it through that prism, you miss the glint that makes it at all purposeful for being there. And I truly do do believe that this movie is one of those movies that you can't just gloss over. You have to be stay engaged the entire time, right? Like it's oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. It's so so great. Yeah. I it, it it's very likely going to be my number one, which it's, is yeah. hard in a year cuz I love Parasite so much, but Yeah, Parasite, I love The Lighthouse so much. There's so many movies I love, but this movie right to the top for me. Yeah, it's so good. And it's so well acted, too. It's yeah. so beautifully acted. Like, Antonio Banderas is amazing. This is like a career-defining Antonio Banderas movie to me. Yeah. I mean, there is Puss in Boots. But I'm just saying, you know, this <laughs> this movie is so... I knew you had a punchline. I, I knew you had No, but I do line. love this movie so much. Right. And I love him in it so much. I, right. I don't know if I can recommend it enough. It's just so good. I mean, I, I do think that um, it's worth acknowledging that Almodovar's movies are all over the place and there might be someone listening who's like I saw the skin I live in is kind of problematic mm-hmm. so I just want to say that out loud that we're well aware I haven't seen it I'm well aware that <laughs> the, skin I, the skin I live in is a rough thing and it might be a problem okay uh, you'll watch it eventually I know you will I'll get to it yeah and you'll be like wait he made this movie too because this is holy shit what the fuck okay okay uh you know it's his only horror movie and it is very upsetting i'm into it i will watch watch. it uh yeah you you kind of like upsetting (laughs) (laughs) she just told us how much she loved hereditary it's not exactly the it's not feel good movie of the the decade i would recommend you watch it just because i want to know what you think okay fair enough it would be interesting Dana, since you haven't seen any of his movies, to actually start with Pain and Glory and work your way backwards. Well, I'm definitely going to watch that now after you oh guys talked goodness. about it. It's so good. It's I definitely so want to see that. Lovely. But I think it'd be so cool to start there and then go backwards. That's basically what I'm doing. His career yeah. that way, you know, that'd be kind of cool. I think that's kind of where I'm headed. I think Skin I Live In is only two movies ago. So. Okay. All right. So we'll see it probably around the same time, Dana. Awesome. Works for me. Update each other. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll tell each other what we thought about it. We won't tell Liam. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I've been nothing but nice. I'm just being nice to everyone. I don't understand. You know when I get that high pitch, that's when I'm really I love it so much. It's so good. I do I do Ooh. fucked up things to you just to hear the high pitched voice. I love it so much. Can uh. I can I comment real quick that I have had the sweetest dog sitting on my lap this entire time and I feel uh, everyone your should know. Now. Much like we just praised Omodovar and I had to have a have a rejoinder in case people don't I'm worried about that. I must remind you that George is, in fact, racist. But yeah, otherwise, it's true. It's true. he is the cutest dog. <laughs> I don't, except for, I don't understand except that for comment, his, so. Except for his deep hatred for black men, <laughs> George is a great dog. It's true. He likes... He, yeah. He's friends with my friend, Freddie. <laughs> I don't know but what anyway. to do with that. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot to unpack there's there, Dana. There. Don't worry about it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. All right. He just has a weird barking. Let's just say... He likes to bark at certain people more than others. 
<laughs> he likes me though. Did he have an owner historically? He was a rescue. It's yeah, hard to say. So yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Probably something like I'm that. Just, all I'm saying is, I the same way I had to say, I love Almodovar. I get some people don't like this. <laughs> I get he doesn't like some people. George is also a figure where it's like <laughs> I love him, but if you don't love George, that's the thing. It's too. okay. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, He's not George. yet. Let's just say though, George is not yet canceled. No, that's not your follow-up shirt to your Morrissey right. as a racist. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's true. George will not make me better friends with my friend Billy Bragg. Just saying. Oh my God. Just saying. <laughs> with your close personal friend. My close friend, personal friend, Billy Mr. Bragg. Billy Bragg. All right. We got to wrap it. Okay. All right. So we definitely did the thing where we talked forever in the intro. I, I know. I know. But I also don't know what else I want to say about the pain well, and glory. Well, let's just, let's just say this. Because uh, I loved it so much, Liam. And I feel as though it just came out. People have to come to it. Oh, yeah. 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 And you, you, it's you, so great. You have to see it yourself yeah and then let us know what you think about it uh and i think we'll cover more almodovar i think we're also maybe when dana returns to our show that's true you can have seen seen a couple more almodovar movies and we can talk about the ones that we saw the skin (laughs) i live in yeah (laughs) we'll talk about it in depth i also you know we also a lot of exclusivity yeah Yeah. it's gonna maybe that'll be our patreon exclusive me and dana talking about (laughs) the skin i live in with no i'm trying to move forward with our show (laughs) (laughs) uh I think we will cover on the door again. I also want to say, I think we're going to, for non-guest shows, it, we're going to start uh, establishing a pattern of like, Josh will pick something and then I'll pick, you know, sort of, because yeah. I picked Almodovar. So now I get to pick something. Yeah, what were you going to, we talked about something, but I don't remember what it was. I don't remember either, man. It'd be good to say it, though. Yeah, I know. I know we're not good at... All I can it. think of is that I made you watch seven Fast and Furious movies at one time, so... That was terrible. No matter oh what I do, God. it will never be as good oh, as that. Oh, we were talking about John Woo, actually. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I like a John Woo. I like a John Woo. We could do a John Woo episode. We haven't Woo. done any John Woo, so... Right. That could be good. We'll see. Anyways, hey, Anyways. thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Tell all your friends. Check out the Patreon. Check out the other shows on the network. They're all doing good work. Yes. Check out Tomb of Ideas. You know, check yeah. out Black Sun Dispatch. Check them out. Try something new. You yeah. might meet. You might meet a new friend. Give her a listen. <laughs> Get excited. And thank you so much, Dana, for being a guest on our show today. Thanks for letting me be one. Yeah, man. Super yeah, fun. We really appreciate it. It's I awesome. Think, are, are we going to do a year-end episode at some point? We should, right? Yeah. Justin wants to come on. Well, then yeah, then we will. He he literally put it like, I've watched normal people movies, so I'm ready to do a year-end episode. Okay. Then He's Justin like going out of his way to watch some stuff. Invitation accepted, sir. <laughs> he even made it through Marriage Story, which I God bless him. I did not see him. it. I didn't see it. Okay, yeah. I'm only an hour in, and it's it's toughy. Oh. I don't know if we're gonna make it to the end. <laughs> Just watching it with Sue, she's like, "This is very sad." I'm like, "I know." <laughs> Interesting. Okay. All right. So there you go. Episode 104. What if I just keep stalling? I don't know. It'd be great. I'll just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke bomb. Anyone hear us? This is Trey Lawson. And I'm James Hickson. Anyone can hear this broadcast. We need your help. We've been kidnapped and imprisoned in a tomb by this creepy old undertaker named Mr. Gravely. And he's forcing us to review his collection of Marvel horror comics. Stuff like Tomb of Dracula. Werewolf by Night. Man-Thing. Ghost Rider. And so much more. If you can hear this, please... Contact our families. Tell them we can be found at... You can find James and Trey every other Wednesday at the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. See you there, Tomb Believers. ha <laughs> ha!